What's up, fellow freaks? I'm Zach, your host of the Ox Podcast, bringing you a daily dose of uncensored wisdom, 10 minutes or less, no bullshit, no topic off limits. If any episode of the Ox has made your life better in some small way, please take a few seconds to send this podcast to someone else. The best way to spread love is to share what you love. Now, without further ado, let's dive in. How Joe Rogan Taps into Eroticism to Engage His Listeners Joe Rogan has amassed millions of listeners for a single episode of his podcast and has accumulated multi-billions of streams over his decade-long career as a podcaster. What makes listeners and guests attracted to Joe Rogan? What pulls someone in to listen to a five-hour conversation with conspiracy commentator Alex Jones? What makes a potential guest see the beautiful madness that is a Joe Rogan episode and want to partake? I don't have the full answer, and I doubt Joe Rogan even knows the full answer of what attracts others to his show, though I'll take a stab at it. On a rare guest appearance, Joe Rogan sat down with Lex Friedman on the Lex Friedman podcast, which I highly recommend checking out the full episode with Joe and Lex. Lex is fucking awesome. On this episode, Joe talked to Lex about his approach to securing guests for the Joe Rogan experience and kind of his approach to the podcast as a whole. And Joe Rogan says this that really stuck out to me. Joe Rogan says, there's no one I need on the show. There's no one I need on the show. And if you listen to Joe Rogan, even if you've only listened to a few episodes, there is this badass alpha and calm demeanor that he has, almost this like non-needy demeanor that he has that, draws people in and that lack of neediness really comes across in the way that he has conversations because it really does seem like there is no one that he needs on the show i'm sure like any podcaster he has a list of people that he's interested in and excited to talk to and he doesn't necessarily need that person to want to talk to him on the list if someone cancels or if someone says, I don't want to talk to you, it seems like he takes rejection as the right thing to have happened. That being rejected isn't a personal attack for Joe Rogan. And that's a sign of non-neediness, is that when someone rejects you, you take it as the right thing to have happened. That for whatever reason, in a podcast or relationship, dating, whatever, we aren't compatible. And it's the rejection that happened is good because that means we're not wasting our time any further. We're not delaying the inevitable. So when Joe Rogan says, there's no one I need on the show, it also made me think about another book that I'm currently going through at the moment called Mating in Captivity. And it's by Esther Perel, a couples therapist. And in this book, she has conversations with people that 
she sees as a therapist and she talks a lot about sex and the dynamics of sex and the attraction and the intimacy and the the neediness and creating space as a couple and kind of the give and take of coming closer together for love, but also creating a space that is necessary for eroticism and people to be attracted to each other. So this is where what Joe Rogan says, there's no one I need on the show. This is where I believe that it ties into eroticism, what Esther Perel talks about in Meeting in Captivity. And one of the quotes from the book is she's talking to a patient, uh, a, a woman that is having sexual problems with her husband. And this is what Esther Perel says in the book. She says to this woman, you're so afraid to lose him that you've alienated yourself and you've lost your freedom. There isn't a separate person here for him to love. Again, you, you're you so afraid to lose him that you've alienated yourself and you've lost your freedom. There isn't a separate person here for him to love. And I think that Joe Rogan taps into that eroticism, kind of like what I talked about with Travis Scott with music. I think Joe Rogan taps into that on uh, on a podcast platform where he's not afraid to lose guests. He's not afraid to have a bad conversation. He's not afraid of awkward moments. Being afraid to lose someone or being afraid to lose things makes people uh, less attached to you. It, it's not attractive for someone to need something or for someone to uh, be afraid to lose something. And I think Joe Rogan taps into that with his guests and his listeners that he's not afraid to go places. He's not afraid to talk to who he wants. And he's also not afraid of getting rejected by guests who don't want to talk to him. Because like he said, there's no one that I need on the show. I can relate to this on a much smaller scale because my audience is nowhere near the size of Joe Rogan's early on in podcasting. I was lucky enough to get some big names in the first 10, 15 episodes. And early on, I felt like because I had started with a few big names in music, because I started interviewing music artists that every time I needed a really a big name to come on the podcast, I needed someone with, you know, at least 100,000 or 200,000 followers, something like that. And then I realized two things. I realized the best conversations that I've had, the ones that listeners still DM me about and continue to send me messages about that they enjoy, aren't necessarily the conversations with the biggest names. Oftentimes, it's not the conversations with the biggest names. Most of the time, it's not. The people who, uh, the guests who I've had um, the most messages about, the most positive messages about are the guests where looking back on, I've been so excited and so interested in what they do, regardless of their following. Some of the guests that I've gotten the most positive messages about on my guest podcast, the Oxoro podcast, those people may have had a thousand followers or maybe have not really been on social media, but I saw them doing something I thought was cool. I wanted to reach out to them and I was super interested. And me being interested makes the conversation more interesting. And I want to thank Joe Rogan for making me realize that there's no one I need on the show because I have an infinite list of people that excite me and are interested in. Not literally infinite because there's only 7 billion people on this planet. 
I mean, there's so many people that I'm interested in and excited in to talk to that I'm not going to get to all these people before I die. And so the list is always going to be beyond what I can do. And so if I want to talk to someone that doesn't want to talk to me, that's okay. It's not a match and I'll move on to the next person. There's no one I need on that show. And when I came to that realization that the one thing that I need from a guest is that I'm excited about what you're doing. That opened up the possibilities. I don't need to talk to someone in a certain area. I don't need to talk to someone with a certain amount of following. I can let my curiosity run wild and not kind of uh, only cater to, to one niche or one need or one level of following. So thank you, Joe Rogan, for that. And then going back to the mating in captivity, the the quote where Esther Perel says, you're so afraid to lose him that you've alienated yourself and you lost your freedom. In life, when, when you're afraid to lose things, and I, and I know this because I've been afraid to lose things and I've been afraid to lose people, you take away your freedom and typically that person or that thing will be less drawn to you by you trying to like claw and stay close to that thing or doing whatever you can and maybe compromising your own needs and values and boundaries to keep that person in your life or keep that thing in your life you are drawing that thing to you less and and you're becoming less of a magnetic person and i think that's where a lot of joe rogan's magnetism comes from and where a lot of the magnetism and relationship comes from with esther perel is that two people can love each other and be super attracted to each other for long periods of time. And a huge part of that is because those that couple, the individuals in that couple are not afraid to lose the other person. They are willing to engage in a emotional fight and set their needs and boundaries and say when things bother them because they're willing to walk away. I think being willing to walk away personally and professionally when things aren't right makes you a more attractive person, makes more people want to work with you, makes more people want to date you. It it shows that you're secure with who you are. And I've realized that if there's, there's no one, there's no thing in life and no person that I absolutely need. There are things that I will continue to choose and there are people that I will continue to choose, but there's nothing that I absolutely need, that I cannot survive without, except, you know, obviously, uh, if you want to get semantical, the basics of food, water, shelter, things like that. But in terms of the excess and in terms of the people, there is no thing that I can't survive without. If someone breaks up with me, if if I lose material possessions, if I lose a loved one, it sucks and it hurts. But I don't, it's not something I need. And that's something that is becoming clearer and clearer to me that I'm a more fulfilled person and I'm a more hopefully attractive person and just able to be more free with the way that I'm moving through life when I realize that there's no one or nothing that I truly need, that I'm choosing to be with these people and I'm choosing these things. But as soon as those things don't fit my purpose or those things or people start to take away from me, I have the option of leaving. I'm not afraid to leave. 
And it's the abundance mentality versus the scarcity mentality. With the abundance mentality, there's always more options. There's there's always more people I can date and be compatible with. There's always more podcast guests. There's always a, more job opportunities. There's always going to be another project. There's always going to be more friends you can make. Versus the scarcity mentality where you may be afraid to leave that person because you think, oh, there's not no one's ever going to love me like her or no job's ever going to make me this fulfilled or no podcast guest will ever be as good as this one. If you can have that abundance mentality and be okay with walking away, that is something that will greatly add to your quality of life and happiness and fulfillment. So my challenge to you and a continuing challenge to myself literally every day that I remind myself is, is think about what are you afraid to lose right now? Who or what are you maybe too attached to? Maybe it's a person, maybe it's a business deal, maybe it's a project, maybe it's a material possession. Cultivate your own sense of self-worth and that will draw those things, that will draw that person to you. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, being afraid to lose those things will typically push those things or people away. And, you know, just quickly, one thing that I've realized that I don't need as much, especially in quarantine and not going out as much is clothes. I spent probably three times as much money on clothes per month before quarantine than I do now. I haven't bought an item of clothes in months, whereas I would constantly be looking for more and more clothes to add to my closet. And I tried to be good about if I added something to my closet, I would take it away. But clothes took up much more of my mental space than they do now because, you know, I don't give a shit what I wear when I'm working from home in my apartment. And I'm less attached to clothes. And I've really been thinking about, you know, what when things go back to normal or the new normal, how will I think about clothes? And I, and I want to bring this kind of sense of detachment and not necessarily needing the perfect wardrobe or needing just because I see something, an item of clothing that's cool doesn't mean I need to buy it at that, at that time. There will be another thing that is cool. And so if it's not fulfilling a need for me, then why am I doing it? So that's my challenge to you and a challenge to myself is think about the things or people you're afraid to lose. Think about the things you're too attached to. Think about the things that you tell yourself that I absolutely need this or I'm going to be broken. And before you go towards the scarcity mentality, embrace the abundance mentality of there will always be another option. There will always be someone else or something else that will come along. As long as I'm taking care of my own needs, taking care of myself, fulfilling my purpose, doing things that excite, that excite me, the external will take care of itself.